The UK has the highest rate of teenage pregnancies in Western Europe, with 95,000 conceptions last year, resulting in 58,000 live births. When these statistics came out, the government has pledged to have the teenage pregnancy rate by 2010 with a series of initiatives recommended in its social exclusion unit. Nothing like that has happened and on not just pregnancy rates, the rate of STIs among young people have increased rapidly over the last few years. As young people, we think this is mainly due to a lack of knowledge and education about safe sex in young people which further fuels misconceptions about issues such as STIs. So we wanted to explore this more and spoke with experts in the field, a teen mother, a few young people and a senior academic who works directly with young people in order to find out for ourselves the first person we met was from STERF, the Sexually Transmitted Infection Research Foundation, which was set up in 2003 by a group of interested clinicians and scientists to increase research opportunities in the field of sexual health. My colleague Romul began by asking if teen pregnancy affects the boy more or the girl. Do you think teen pregnancy affects the boy as much as the girl? I think it's an interesting question. I think... I rarely see boys coming to clinic to ask for support in terms of going through the decision of abortion um, for an unwanted pregnancy. And it's something that's very rarely spoken about, I think. I think the boy is very rarely acknowledged in the decision process. Um, And I think that it's very hard probably for boys to access information about the process of an abortion. Do you know the statistics of sexually transmitted infections of teens within the UK? Um, So the rates of sexual infection in the UK are high. Um, In terms of bacterial infection, the commonest sexual infection is chlamydia, followed by gonorrhea. And we know that both chlamydia and gonorrhea disproportionately affect young people. Um, So the statistics tell us that we need to be diagnosing more infection and treating more infection um, to try and prevent it spreading between young people. Our journey to explore this key issue took us all across Birmingham and we heard varied opinions about sex education. However, one thing we definitely heard again and again was that sex education in the UK is nowhere near the standards of Western Europe. Sometimes it is down to the parents sometimes, but sometimes it needs to be up to the schools as well, so it needs to be bathroom. Yeah, I think there'll be like less uh, young mums and STDs going around the young use today because you know if they do actually do what a good job in the schools of teaching them sex education and focusing on it a bit more in sex education they only teach you like simple stuff should teach you more stuff the dangers of what unprotected sex is and if they had more information and how to protect themselves and what sex is and stuff like that then they'd be less teen pregnancy the next person we spoke to was a young girl named lauren who is a teen mother we spoke to Lauren to get a perspective of what it is like to be a teen mother. Everybody thinks just because you're a teen mum you can't look after your child and like you need more support than other mums. I think they try and make out that they support, but it's mainly they just want to contradict young mums, the ones who usually do it. Some of them are all right, some of them are just up their own. And do you think it would help if sex education was improved in schools? Yeah, because with a boy, all you've got to do is like teach him how to cover it. But with a girl, obviously it's different. But if I had a little girl, I'd still teach her. I think with girls, it should be like from nine, because they can start the cycle. With 
boys, I reckon it should be handled delicately, but from about eight, because some lads lose their virginity around that age. Finally, we met with an individual who works with young people on a regular basis. Mr Mike Hopkins, who is the principal of South and City College, Birmingham. We spoke to Mr Hopkins to understand his perspective and his views on the quality of sex education in the UK and its importance. What are the differences from when you were in school to now? I think there are a lot of cultural differences. Um, when I was younger, there were probably uh, there was a probably a different attitude to sex and sex education. Uh, I think now it's a lot more open in some senses, but also there are different cultures. Um, there are a lot more religious and cultural pressures now than there were then. But I think there was a, a lot more of a constraint. Um, people were probably a, a lot less sexually active um, many years ago than they are now. So there are quite some considerable differences and differences around the country and in different communities. If you could, what would you do to change the way we deliver sex education? Um, I think a lot of it is about educating uh, young people, but also educating parents because I think there is a problem. Um, there are, again, parents have different views about what their, their children uh, and relatives should or shouldn't do. And I think sometimes that's based on misinformation or lack of information. So I think there's quite a lot of um, additional information that needs to be provided to parents, particularly in some communities. If the government does not take an active interest into rectifying this issue, a whole generation of young people will grow up not knowing the basics of sexual health. A ticking bomb which could cost our taxpayer millions and our young people a whole youth.